Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. You know, uh, Dennis has his uh, tagline that he starts with every Sunday, and, you know, it's every Sunday the same thing. And, uh, you know, so... So, uh, yeah, we're not going to do that. I'm not doing that, okay? So, you know, good morning, but don't say it back. I don't want to hear that. Anyway, <laughs> so it's been a while since I've done my thing, and uh, some of you know what my thing is. Uh, by the way, Karen, congratulations on a great win yesterday. Karen is, uh, she and Tim Barker, I mean, t- not Tim Barker, no, for heaven's sakes, Tim Rowe are the two nicest Michigan fans I've ever known. They're very gracious. When we win, they congratulate us so Congratulations on a great win yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to clap for Michigan, just for Karen and Tim. Um, so my thing is dad jokes. And uh, I, I know it's... See, I knew the boos were coming. I knew that, yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to bless you this morning with uh, a, a new dad joke. Uh, because I, I started... For, for a long time, I started my sermons with that until our church growth consultant told me to stop doing that. He's like, it doesn't help church growth. So yeah, anyway, uh, I fired the guy. But so anyway, so what does a thesaurus like for dessert? Synonym rolls. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man, I like to laugh at my own dad jokes. Yeah, so <laughs> good morning, church. Um, so the title of my my message this morning is, uh, of course, it's from the book "Putting Jesus on Display with Love and Power." But I really want to focus on the first part of that: putting Jesus on display with love. Because if we don't put Jesus on display with love, we're missing the whole point. Um, you know, last week Dennis shared that, that we really need to be putting Jesus on display. We really need to be sharing our faith with people. We, we need to be leading people to Christ. And I 100% agree with that. But I want to tell you a story that happened to me uh, after my first semester in seminary back in 1903. Uh, I mean, 83, 1983. It's probably the same for most of you. But anyway, uh, I, uh, I got done with my first semester and um, took a, a, a summer youth pastoring job in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And, and so I was working with teenagers. I was terrified of teenagers, but I actually ended up having a really good summer. But, uh, you know, having worked with teenagers and, you know, I was, you know, really full of myself having completed my first semester of seminary and, and, and I really felt like I should be sharing my faith and and Dennis is right. I mean, we should share our faith. But I, I saw this kid, on a, a teenager, on a bicycle out, uh, like, just going in circles around in our parking lot at the church. And so I went out, and I, and I decided to engage this kid, and I was going to lead this kid to Christ. And so I walked up, and I introduced myself, and, uh, and it was the most awkward conversation I think I've ever had. And I gave this really muddy, very, uh, like, forced presentation of the gospel, which now I'm not even sure that's what that was. 
but I basically told this kid he was a sinner and he needed saved and he needed Jesus. <clears throat> and then I asked him if he wanted to pray the prayer and ask Jesus into his heart. And he said no and drove away and rode away on his bike. And there I stood in the middle of the parking lot feeling like an idiot. And you know what? I did not move that kid one inch closer to Christ because I was doing it out of a motive of that I ought to do this. I ought to be, you know, witnessing for Christ. I ought to be, ought to be. And, and I was trying to, at the time, I really didn't understand my relationship with Christ very well or the Father. And, and I felt like that I needed to earn some brownie points with God in doing this. That's a horrible motivation to, put Jesus, to, to try, try to put Jesus on display because I didn't do it with love. And so, you know, Dennis is right. We, we need, you know, freely we receive the gospel. Freely we've received God's grace. Freely we've received salvation. And, and freely we should give that away. We really should be giving away what we've received. How selfish it is for us to receive such an incredible gift, the greatest gift that's ever been given. And Jesus, out of his own mouth, said, freely you've received, freely give. But as we freely give, it has to be done out of a motivation of love. We need to be putting Jesus on display with love. Would you agree with that? Okay. Let me just share <clears throat> with you uh, a passage of Scripture that, that where Paul is talking to a very, very gifted group of people. Um, in the book of, of, um, of 1 Corinthians... Uh, he's talking to a church that is very, very gifted with the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, they're kind of showboating their gifts, and um, they're putting certain gifts above other gifts. And if you don't pray in tongues, you're not, or don't speak in tongues, you're not really spiritual. And, you know, they were just really gifted people that were very unloving. And he's addressing, he's calling them out on this. And so... <clears throat> He says this, and <clears throat> this is a very familiar passage to many people. It's, it's shared about, about every wedding that you've ever been to. Uh, it's, it's 1 Corinthians 13. He's just talked about the gifts in, in chapter 12. In chapter 13, he says this, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love... And by the way, the word here is agape. Let me just explain. Let me stop here because I need to define terms. In our, in our American culture, in our English language, we only have one word really for love. That's, that, I mean, we use love for everything. We, I love my mother and I love hot dogs. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I love my friend and I love to play golf. Um, you know, we, we, I love God and, and I, I, uh, I love Ohio State or whatever. You know, it's just like, come on, like there's got to be some difference between those two two things in each situation. C.S. Lewis wrote a, a, a famous book on the four loves. There's four, basically four loves that are in the Greek language, which is a wonderful language for getting very specific about these things, these terms. Uh, we have storge, uh, eros, phileo, and agape. The first three, storge is like a mother bear's love for her cubs. It's just that maternal instinct that causes a mother of any creature to love and protect its, its offspring. Um, the, the second is um, Eros love. It's boy meets girl, 
boy likes girl, boy falls in love with girl, girl falls in love with boy, hopefully, or, you know, for his sake, whatever. But it's that, it's that you know, kind of falling in love, crush kind of thing that, that you know, uh, that, that happens in, in, in these relationships. And then there's, there's a much higher love. It's still a human love, but it's, it's phileo. It's, it's the kind of love that I have for Dennis. Like, I give him a hard time, but I love this guy. He's one of my closest friends in the world, and and I just love Dennis. I love being with him. I love having conversations with him. You know, we, we uh, purposely try to get together at least once a week or so um, <clears throat> to, to have lunch and just to hang out together. We call each other on the phone. It's just, you know, I love this guy. Have from the moment I met him. That's phileo. That's a brotherly love. It's a, it's a friendship love. I love being with you. When I'm with you, I feel, I feel good. I enjoy myself. I, you make me feel good. I hope I make you feel good and that kind of thing. But then... There, the, the love that's being talked about in, in 1 Corinthians here, and I'll go ahead and finish reading this, is, let, let me just share the, the definition from uh, a Greek scholar, Kenneth Wiest, who wrote, wrote uh, his own version of the New Testament. And he says this, If I speak in the language of men and the languages of angels, but have not love, and then he has a parenthesis, and it says, The Greek word here is used of God's love that is produced in the heart of the yielded saint by the Holy Spirit, a love that impels one to deny himself for the sake of the loved one. That is a God-oriented, God-initiated, God-originated love that is, is absolutely divine, and it cannot be produced apart from the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? It's, it's, it's God's love poured into and through our hearts to other people. And so, it, so basically what's being said here, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not this God-given love, this agape love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I have not this God-given agape love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and surrender my body to be burned as a martyr, but I have not love, I gain nothing. If I don't have this God-given love, I did not have agape love for this kid on his bike in Pine Bluff. I had a motivation to earn brownie points with God and to somehow ease my conscience because I don't know that I'd ever led anyone to Christ up into that point, and I was in my, my mid-20s by then. I honestly don't know if I'd ever led one soul to Christ. And I decided that day I was going to change that because it would make me feel better and I would get brownie points with God. That is so wrong. That is just so off. Putting Jesus on display with love, it has to be done with agape love. You know, um, I have a friend... You have a friend, we all have a friend named Derek Young. Uh, Derek is Kenan's father and Edie's husband, if that helps it narrow it down at all. But anyway, D- Derek works at the Tri-County Jail. Where's that located, Derek? Mechanicsburg. In Mechanicsburg. Tri-County Jail in Mechanicsburg. Derek um, has shared with me a number of times his interaction with inmates. And I was a jail chaplain when I first came to, to town back in 87, so I really can relate to this brother and, and what he's experiencing at the Tri-County Jail uh, in Mechanicsburg. But, but, but Derek often tells me stories of how he's 
worked with an individual and prayed with an individual and kind of sneakily done some integrated healing with an individual. And he gets so excited that he's, he, can't, he can hardly stay in his chair while he's talking to me. Like, he's just like, and then I shared this, and this guy did this, and he started crying. About, you know, and I can tell that he's not doing the Pine Bluff thing. Derek loves these guys. He's, he's literally loving the hell out of people at the Tri-County Jail. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, my friend Dennis. Um, I just need his approval so much. <clears throat> um, but that's love. That's agape love. That's coming from a, a God love inside of him. And he's excited, not because he's making brownie points with God, not because he's feeling better about himself, but he's actually changing the lives of the people in that jail. And then they're turning around and changing the the lives of other people. Like, they're taking from Derek and going and doing this with their friends, and it's like like blowing this place up. I I love it. Because it's coming out of that agape love, that that caring, that, that caring about. He's putting Jesus on display with love. And Jesus is the primary character there. Like in integrated healing, we bring Jesus into a person's wounds, and Jesus heals people. And he's doing that with his inmates. And Jesus is becoming the hero. It's awesome. But, you know, here's, here's something that I, I need to quickly add. And, and this, is, this is really not an aside. You know, uh, we do this sermon prep thing on, on uh, we did it on Friday this week, and and one of the things that the team talked about with me is they listened to my sermon and gave me feedback. Because they said, you know, and especially Dennis, like he's really, like if you're, if you're around Dennis five minutes, you're gonna, he's going to talk about the gospel. He's going to talk about the unconditional love of God and God's grace. And he's just a grace freak, <laughs> which I love. But, but, you know, he said, you know, one of the things, one of the problems that we have in giving love away in sharing agape love with people and and allowing that to be released through our lives is that if it's true that we love because he first loves us, loved us, if we love because he first loved us, we better get the first part of that right. If we don't know for sure that he loves us unconditionally, we're not going to be able to give it away. You cannot give away something you don't have. So I want to take just a minute to talk about the love of God for us. And I'm going to do it in in 1 Corinthians. Can we put the scripture up uh, in 1 Corinthians? I mean, not 1 Corinthians, in Ephesians. In Ephesians, okay? I already did all that stuff there. Yeah, so here it is. I'm just going to read it right off the screen. Well, no, I got this same translation. All right. So... Number verse one of chapter two, as for you, and that's each one of us, because we're born of Adam. We're born in a race where we're spiritually dead. Adam did that for us. He and Eve plunged us into death and separation from God right out of the gate. And we are all a part of Adam's race, and every single one of us are born with a dead spirit. We're born dead. And then we're born again. (laughs) <laughs> when we come to Christ and we, we ask Jesus into our hearts and, and his love is freely poured out on us. But li- listen to this. I love this because God's love precedes our salvation, precedes us coming to Christ. He initiates this. You know, it, it, he's the one who starts this whole thing. 
And he started it when we were still his enemies. Read Romans 5 sometime. He talks about when we were enemies, Christ died for us. But listen to this. As for you, and that's every single one of us, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And I'm just going to stop there, okay? Uh, so let's go, to, um, let's go to verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. Hey, guys, you're dead until you're alive. <laughs> you're dead until you're alive. And God's got to love you while you're still dead in order for you to ever become alive. Jesus died for you while you were still his enemy, while you were still in rebellion against him. That's when this happened. And so later on in Romans 5, it says, it says if Christ died for us when we were still God's enemies, how much more will we be saved from the wrath of God through faith in Christ? The wrath is over. It was spent on Jesus. That's why he had to go through that brutal death on the cross so that we could walk free. He died so we go free. He paid the penalty so we don't have to. And then he just pours out his love on us. Listen to this. So, so let me just go back. So, so he made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Right now, you're sitting in your chair and you're also sitting between the Father and the Son. You are. We don't see it. We don't see in that dimension. We actually live in another dimension. Do you know that it says very clearly in, in Colossians 3 that our lives are hidden with Christ in God? That's where we live. Therefore, he says, keep your focus, your minds and your hearts focused on things above, not on the things of this world. Guys, I don't know if you're watching the news right now. If you are, stop. And if you aren't, good, <laughs> because it's all bad news. It's really bad out there. So we fix our eyes on what is unseen, not what is seen, because if you just keep your eyes focused on what's happening around you, you're going to get depressed. You're going to be like Wes sitting in the air airport at 11 o'clock. But I'm telling you, 11.10 is coming. Amen. It is, yeah. And so let's just read that. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness, his kindness, his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Man, that's just awesome. He gets better. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. What do you say when you get a gift? Do you pay for the gift? Do you try to earn the gift? What do you do with the gift? You say thank you, and then what? You enjoy it, right? Yeah, you accept it. You enjoy it. You use it. You do what you want to with it because it's yours. You're, it's a gift. Man, it, 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 he says it twice here. He wants to drive this point home 
For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's, and I love the word masterpiece. That's what I think the, the NASB translates this masterpiece. You, each one of you, are a masterpiece. I know you look at the person beside you and say, yeah, you're a masterpiece. I'm a mess. I'm a piece. You're a masterpiece. I'm a piece of work. Well, <laughs> you're both. <laughs> My favorite verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 14, for by one sacrifice, you've been, he has perfected forever those who are being made perfect. You're a masterpiece and you're a piece of work. Congratulations, you're both. But the masterpiece part is the part he's focused on. The Holy Spirit's in you, God in you with the sleeves rolled up, making you what you're supposed to be, what you already are. He's just making it in real time. Uh, happen you know that way but God sees you as his masterpiece created in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus to do good works now there's where the good works come in see we work from acceptance from his love not for acceptance and for his love there's a huge difference it's all the difference in the world. It's the difference between misery and joy. It's the difference between grace and works. It's the difference between, um, you know, a, a life of religion and a life of relationship. This is love. This is gift. This is free. Guys, by the way, if, if you're struggling with this at all, there is a book called Free. The book is not free, but it's called Free. And it's a, it, the guy's name's easy to remember if you know Kevin Booker. This guy's name is Kevin Butcher. <laughs> yeah, it's a little worse. But anyway, uh, he's a butcher. Uh, but anyway, this is a classic. And if you don't know that God loves you, read this book. He is very convincing that he, he had a nervous breakdown just like I did in 2012. He, he was in ministry for, and, and he couldn't get grace in God's love until his breakdown. I was the same way. And then he got it, and it set him free. And he spent the rest of his life trying to convince people that they're loved by God. Now, I want to say this. We're created to do good works that God has prepared for in, in advance for us to do. I, I don't want you to hear that that's keeping your salvation by, by what you do. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Um, God created us to co-labor with him in this world. Now, he created us, first of all, to be his children. The co-laboring thing is just, just a fun side. When I had Wesley, uh, and actually, you know, I, I give my wife credit for that part, actually. Um, I was involved in the process, but she really gave birth to him. So, but I, I loved this kid from the, from the moment that I, you know, I, I laid eyes on him. Even when I saw the ultrasound, I, just, I fell in love with this kid, and I have loved him dearly his entire life. And, and he was fun and funny and just, just a great little kid. And, and, and then he grew up and, and he was a great, you know, like teenager. I loved him. I didn't know all the stupid things he was doing at school. I'm glad I didn't know until way after the fact. But um, I was proud of him. He won state in the 800. I was so proud, you know, all this stuff. But, but I knew that he was gifted in, in music. And, but I, when, I, when Dr. Beatty pulled him out 
and handed him to me. I prayed and I gave him back to God. I said, God, he's yours. And then, of course, you saw the picture of me dedicating him to the Lord uh, several months later on this stage. And I really did give him to God. And God took him to Australia and Germany and East Canton. And I was good with that. I gave him away. And then there came a day when God said, I'm giving him back. And then he came back here as my worship leader and everything else that he's done for this church. And he's not working with me so I'll love him more. He told me when he said, Dad, all I've ever wanted to do is come home and work with you at our church. And now he's here doing it. And I love I love the fact that he laid his hand on me today and prayed for me before, before I preached. We're, we're doing this. We're co-laboring together, not because he's trying to earn my love, because he's already got that. He's had it from the moment I laid eyes on him. The moment I knew that he existed, I loved him. And I love him just as much today. Probably no more, probably no less. But, but we have this relationship, and we work together, and there's no earning anything. I just love that. And that's how we are with God. We're his children, and we work with him because we love him. Derek works with God at the Tri-County Jail because he loves God. And not to earn his love, but because of his love. Now, I want to get back to the part about putting Jesus on display with love. Here's the thing. One of the things, or what we're challenging you to do is to learn to live in a way that we put Jesus on display with love and power. And, and we, because that's how Jesus lived when he was here, and that's what the disciples did after he left. After Pentecost, they put Jesus on display with love and power. And Dennis explained it this way, and I, and I love this. There was the proclamation of the gospel and the kingdom. The kingdom is here. The king is here. The kingdom of God has come. You know, the good news is here. And then he demonstrated, there was a proclamation, and then there was the demonstration. There was a demonstration by healing the sick and raising the dead and opening the eyes of the blind and, and, uh, and the ears of the deaf and casting out demons. The, there was the proclamation of the kingdom. There was the demonstration of the kingdom. And when Jesus is with his disciples the last night, he says, he's like, don't believe that I and the Father are one just because of what I say, but also because of the miracles themselves. The proclamation, I and the Father are one, the demonstration that I am God in human flesh because of the miracles that I'm able to do and have done and have shown you. And then he, in the, in the very next breath, he says, anyone who believes in me, the things that I have been doing, the proclamation and demonstration they will do also and even greater things than these. That sounds mind-blowing to me, but it's actually true. There are people in this world, I can name Randy Clark, Heidi Baker, uh, Todd White, Robbie Dawkins. I mean, I, I can name people that are actually, they've lived longer, they're, they're doing the, the stuff that Jesus did, but they're doing a lot more because they're not dying at 33 on the cross. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like we can't actually do that. That's not just a, a spiritual, you know, Jesus didn't decide to just get spiritual with his disciples before he, you know, let me say something really spiritual before I die on the cross. He meant what he said. Jesus never just says stuff to say it. And when he says, 
anyone, he means anyone, will do the things I've been doing. He means that. And even greater things than these, he means that too, guys. And so what we're doing in this, in this series about putting Jesus on display with love and power, it's the love and power stuff that is the demonstration of the proclamation that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King, that Jesus is here. So, but here's, the, here's what I want to say. Let, let's just say that, that this line right here, where see, the, see here's the line. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stretch it across the, the, the extension of the stage here. And this represents that chicken line that we talk about. It's the faith spelled R-I-S-K. This is the risk area right here. Now, um, to walk up to someone in Kroger and say, <clears throat> I believe that God is telling me that you have uh, lower back pain and it radiates down into your left leg and I'm going to pray for you and God's going to heal you. Brian Blount does that on a weekly basis. That is like graduate level stuff that I'm wanting to get us to and I'm trying to go there myself. I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it, okay? But that's, that's a big step. That's putting Jesus on display with love and power, you know, because that happens for him all the time. Let me step back across the chicken line here and tell you what I'm asking you to do right now. This is what I'm asking you to do this morning, putting Jesus on display with love. The power's coming, I promise. We're going to keep challenging. I'm going to keep challenging you. I, for some reason, these, these things are slipping off my ears. I probably need to staple them or tape them or something to my head. But uh, anyway, um, I want you to do this right now. Step across the chicken line with love. That's what I'm asking you to do this morning. What does that look like? Um, I'm driving to Kroger, and I'm going for milk, eggs, and bread, right? <laughs> and I'm like, on the way, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is an opportunity to put Jesus on display with love. Lord, would you just highlight someone at Kroger so that I can go to them and, and show your love to them? So I'm going to go in, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the milk, bread, and, and eggs, but I'm also looking as I go for God to highlight somebody. And I see uh, this woman that's, you know, she's, she's got her kid in the basket and the kid's crying. And she, she looks like she's really tired. And, and I just sense God's love for her. And I walk up to her and I say, ma'am, excuse me. Uh, it, looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like you're really uh, you know, being a good mom here and, and your child's not cooperating very much. But I just want to tell you, when I saw you, I felt like the Lord just highlighted you to me. And I just feel like you need to know that God loves you. I feel like the Lord's saying to you how much he loves you. And I just want to communicate. I just want to tell you, the Lord sees you. He sees what you're going through. He sees the, you trying to be a good mom. And I just want you to know that God loves you. That's putting Jesus on display with love. And, and do you think that person feels loved? You know, maybe she's been praying, God, why don't you help me with this kid? Or maybe she doesn't know Jesus at all. But you've stepped across a chicken line and communicated love. That, that's really the first step. We, we want to get to the power stuff, and we're going to, that, you know, because we, we, we want to live like Jesus and the disciples. We really do want to do that. But I'm going to challenge you this morning, put Jesus on display with love. Does that make sense? 
Um, I want to I ask Tim Barker if he would come up for a moment. I swore I'd never bring him on stage, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm breaking the... Oh, boy, here we go. All right. <laughs> come right over here, brother. And when you walk away, be careful not to step off the stage. I'll tell you, I, walk, I bring the, the podium over in the dark sometimes, and so I've almost walked off the stage so many times because it's dark. But let's turn this on, sorry. Here we go. There we go. No, you're good. You don't need that. You don't need to touch that mic. Do not touch that mic. I told Barker he's never able to, not, not allowed to ever touch a mic. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach, um, we're going to be in Kroger, play like this is Kroger, and Tim's uh, a stranger. He's looking for cereal. And I'm going to approach him, and I want you to tell me when we're done if I've approached him with love or not, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Um, uh, I, I just felt like, um, I, I, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Um, um, would, would you be okay if I, if I prayed for you? Gave a couple bucks out in the parking lot. No, no I, I, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with the Salvation Army. I just, um, I just felt like God wanted me to pray for you. Is that okay? Nah, I, I'm not really good with that. <laughs> okay, thanks. What do you guys think? How, how did you feel about that? Strange. Strange. <laughs> Weird. Want to get away. <laughs> What was my body language like? Cold. Cold? Yeah. Yeah, there, there was no love in that. There, I was doing that because I felt compelled to do that. Compulsion is not love. Compulsion is not love. All right. Let me try to do, to, let me try to do this right now. I'm going to tell you, this is still, even doing this in a skit is still a little nervy for me because I'm afraid I might do something wrong. But I'm going to step across the chicken line, and I'm going to try to show God's love here. And so we'll just see how it goes, all right? Hey, excuse me, partner. Um, I, I know this is weird, but I just wanted to, uh, I just, as I was walking up the aisle here, I just felt like the Lord highlighted you to me and just wanted me to tell you how much he loves you, man. I just felt the Lord's love for you. I felt like God just spoke to me and said, tell this man I love him. And so I just, I just wanted to share that with you. By the way, I'm Neil. Tim, nice to meet you. Hey, um, is there anything that you or your family needs prayer for? I'd love to pray for you. Yeah, we've been trying to help my grandma. She's got cancer. Oh, my goodness. So what kind of cancer? It's lung cancer. Oh, she has lung cancer. Yeah. How long has she had it? A couple years now, but it's getting bad. Oh, I'm so sorry. Would you mind if I prayed for your grandma? Sure. Okay, what's her first name? Nancy. Nancy. Let me just pray. So, Lord, thank you for Tim. Lord, thank you. I just thank you that you, you just uh, showed me Tim and, and, and your love for him. And, Lord, I just pray that you just continue to pour out your love on Tim and his family. And I want to lift up his grandma, Nancy, Lord. Uh, we just command that cancer out of her body right now. In Jesus' name, we just command healing. And, uh, Lord, just surround her with your love and your, and your care, your protection, and your healing. In Jesus' name. Man, thanks, thanks so much for letting me pray for you. Thank hey, you. Are, are, you, are you having any pain in your body at all? Yeah, I sprained my ankle like a week ago. Oh, no kidding. Is it still hurting? Oh, yeah. What, what's your pain level? Uh, probably six. 
about a six. You mind if I pray for it? Sure. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to be weird about this, but could I put my hand on your shoulder? Okay, well, right now I just uh, I thank you for Tim again, and and I just I just want to, in in Jesus' name, I want to command all pain out of this ankle. I command the sprain to be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, check it out and see if it's any better. Yeah, it feels about the same. About the same. Yeah. Would you mind if I prayed again? No, I appreciate it, man. I got. Family waiting on me out in the car. I gotta get going. Listen, that no problem at all. Hey, listen, um, this is my card. It's got my phone number on there. I would love to hear back from you how your grandma's doing. And uh, man, just give me a call sometime and let me know how things are going. Okay. So good to meet you, Tim. Good to meet God you. bless you. Take care. What do you think? It, it, you know, when you step out and you start engaging somebody, Tim, thanks so much. Great job. You start engaging someone. The Lord can, can, the Holy Spirit will lead you a little further in, a little further in. You just have to take that initial step across the chicken line. And if all I did was tell Tim that God, you know, loved him, that would have been great. He would have been fine with that. But the Lord led me a little further. I asked if I could pray. And, you know, once, once you have a positive thing going, people are very open to prayer. I want to share something with you that I want you to try, and then I'm, I'm done. So we're going to. How about that? I'm going to finish on time for once. Um, one of the easiest things in the world to do is to pray for your waitress. My family uh, has had a kind of a tradition of when the waitress comes to bring our food, we know we try to interact and, and have good conversations. You never want to take your waitress for, for granted. You want to interact with them and, and uh, always ask how they're doing and if they're having a good day and so forth. And, but when they bring the food... We always say, or we not always, but many times we'll say, hey, we're, we're about to pray for our food. Is there anything you need prayer for? And um, we've had waitresses literally break down and, and cry just being asked if, I can, if we can pray for you. Uh, there were one or two that they were like, no, thank you. But it's very rare that a waitress won't let you. You know, th- sometimes they'll just say, "Yeah, world peace. Pray for world peace." <laughs> you know, okay. But but often they'll say, "Well, just pray for the health of my family," or or you know, we're f- I'm struggling financially. Would you pray for that and that sort of thing? And by the way, w- if you reveal that you're a Christian, leave a leave a big tip. You know, twenty percent minimum. Uh, Christians tend to, to be some of the worst tippers, I've, I've understood, you know. So uh, leave a big, always leave at least 20%, but it's really fun to, like, leave more than the meal cost if you can. That, that's fun. And, and uh, I had a friend do that one time. We were at More Love, More Power, and we went to Perkins in, near the campus of, of Illinois. And um, this guy gave his waitress a $100 tip. Our, our meal cost about 25 bucks. And he left a $100 tip. And then we went outside and watched through the window as she got the tip. And she starts crying. And then she goes back and her coworkers come around. And she's showing them the tip. And they're, cry- they're all crying and hugging. And it was awesome, man. It was just so cool. But if you, if you actually expose the fact that you're a Christian, please leave a, a good tip. Because <laughs> it doesn't put Jesus on display with much love if you don't. But anyway, pray for your waitress. That's a really easy thing to do. That's a way to step across the chicken line. But please, put Jesus on display with love. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org. 
or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.